Hi everyone, this is Alex Mathers. Welcome to another episode. I'm joined today by uh, Dot Lung, who is a social media expert and strategist. She describes herself as having found her true purpose through social media. She's also a, what she calls a digital extremist. Welcome to the show, Dot. Great to have you here. Thank you for the amazing introduction. No worries. <laughs> I never thought of myself as an extremist, but I guess, um, yeah, I, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty extreme person. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm interested to know a little bit more about that. And because obviously I'm, I'm reading this off your website. So this is how you describe yourself, digital extremist. I think in an age where everyone is, is uh, kind of feeling overwhelmed, I guess you could say, by social media and, and all the different avenues you could use to help you be seen and to build your brand. You are, I, I like the confidence around just stating the fact that you're an extremist, which kind of goes against the grain a little bit. How, how would you, uh, I guess, I guess what kind of insights can you give us around that, that phrase, the digital extremist? Well, I just, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. It's just what it is. I'm constantly, mm. uh, connected with my my phone i've always been super um you know connected on every social media platform since let's say zanga have you heard of zanga i, it, it was I haven't like heard a, of that no no it was like an old blogging platform back in the day before like blogger was even out before myspace um mm. during the times of friendster have you heard of friendster friendster i know yes i yeah I go back a bit. So Friendster is, is certainly something I can remember. Zenga, it sounds like a, a video game. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the blogging Zenga, platform. Yeah. yeah. All, the, all the Asian kids at my high school were on it. So it was like the thing to be blogging on. Mm -hmm. All the cool kids. Yeah, gotcha. So I don't know. I guess the, the extremist part of me is that I literally do not have a differentiation between my online life and my offline life. Wow. Um, they're... You know, I live equally to the extreme or the max uh, on, you know, social media networks uh, as well as offline. So I, I guess digital extremist just means I'm full, I'm full on, um, you know, with my yeah. life, my digital life. <laughs> I guess that kind of makes sense seeing that you, you're in the world of social media strategy and helping other companies and people with their social media branding and, and content distribution and stuff like that but obviously you've got people who probably share quite a few of the quite a few of the um the ways of dealing with with social media is you who aren't in that kind of a business and it's it's just funny to think that you've got a lot of people who are probably extremists just like you who are pretty much glued to the phone whereas you're actually doing it for a career so that's interesting let's talk a little bit more right. about the career side yeah. Right. And you have to know that um, I didn't know that social media was going to actually become a job title. Yeah. Uh, when I started getting into it, it was something that I did for fun. It was a hobby. I s used it to stay connected and learn more about uh, different types of people, um, you know, in my neighborhood or on the other side of the world. So it was, it really just came about when I had um, moved to Barcelona eight years ago and I had no idea what I was going to do for work. And, you know, one of my professors, um, at the time said, Hey, you look like you are posting on Facebook nonstop. Why don't you, mm -hmm. uh, help us post for the off festival? And that's where we met at the, um, yeah. the Barcelona festival. And that was actually my first client. Um, I didn't mm. know that you could get clients doing social media. Um, yeah. What was that? In 2011, 2012? Sometime around then, yes. Yeah. I was, I was over there in Barcelona giving a talk and, and stumbled across uh, the work you were doing. And I was pretty impressed that you could create an amazing career through, as you say, the social media stuff. Awesome. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I have to be <laughs> honest. I'm surprising myself every day. Yeah. Um, it's now more valuable than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, I'm constantly, um, you know, being approached with tons of different projects and um, everybody, you know, really needs help with how to actually present their company or their business or their personal brand online. Um, and that's what I help people with. I help people figure out, you know, what to say, where to say it, 
and yeah. you know how to say it. Right. So I'm interested so, to hear a little bit more about the, um, I, guess, I guess briefly, the story leading into um, finding your first client in the form of off in Barcelona. What, what kind of got you uh, to oh. Barcelona in the first place and, and, and how did you develop into creating a career out of the social media stuff? So I'm a failed graphic designer. Okay, I, I really wanted to come to Barcelona originally to study graphic design because I loved all of the imagery and everything that I, that I was coming, that I was seeing when I was living in Los Angeles. And in LA, I had a ton of different jobs, always, you know, in marketing and uh, in real estate, in, you know, biotech, in uh, Hollywood. And mm -hmm. I did a lot of different things. But eight years ago, when I decided to move to Barcelona, I said, you know, I really love creativity. I love graphic design. Uh, I'm going to give myself, you know, a shot at it. So I enrolled myself into this design master program called mm. Off, Atelier, Off Atelier at the time. Mm -hmm. And this was basically a nine-month master class to give you hands-on um, how to actually create a graphic campaign for Off Festival. So... You know, I, I, I applied, I got in, had the best nine months uh, of my life, meeting people and creatives from all over the world, working with some amazing artists. Uh, as you know, um, the, off, the off community is, has a spectacular uh, community of yeah. creative people. Absolutely. And I yeah. got to work with these people. Um, but after nine months, um, after the program's over, I was in the same spot as when I arrived to Barcelona. I was looking for a job. I didn't know um, what I could do. My design skills were still very basic. Um, you know, I couldn't really use Adobe Illustrator. I still can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I did? I literally emailed everyone I knew. You know, I gave myself the summer in a visa and I just like partied my brains out. Mm -hmm. um, as one should after a master's program. Of course. And, and then after I was like, okay, I have to get a job now or else I'm going to have to move back to LA. And I, and you know, my dream was to live abroad, live in Spain and travel yeah. the world. Mm. So I emailed literally everyone I knew, everyone that I had met during, um, you know, my, my nine months in Barcelona. I said, listen, I'm willing to do anything. I want to learn more about design. I want to uh, work in a creative agency or advertising place. Um, do you have anything available? Do you know of anything? Um, you know, I'm willing yeah. to work for anything. And, right. you know, one, I actually got an internship with a web design studio um, on, and I also uh, had, you know, my teacher at the time uh, offered me to work with the off festival. My teacher was also happened to be the founder of the festival Mm. And he's the one that was like, hey, you seem like you post on Facebook every day. You're always on social media. Why don't you help me uh, manage all of the social media accounts? And I said, absolutely. But one thing, one thing, if you want me to do this, you need to open an Instagram account. Because at that point, they didn't have an Instagram yet. Right. So that is how it all started. I opened mm. the Instagram account for them and in nine months we just exploded. Um, and we, at that time there was zero paid media. So it was a lot easier to grow, a lot easier to, uh, yeah. you know, attract the right sort of audience. And that's kind of, um, how my name got passed around from word of mouth from one festival to the next festival and just mm -hmm. really working, uh, really hard on building these communities, sharing, um, amazing content and getting the conversation going uh, within yeah. our own industry. Nice. So talk about having a really, I mean, that sounds like the, the dream job because you were kind of doing all that stuff anyway, because it was fun and you were drawn to it and you were always playing around on social media and, and playing with gadgets and the phone. And so it was kind of like a, a match made in heaven, shall we say? <laughs> it it absolutely like, was. Yeah. It, it really is a dream job for me. Um, I, loved every moment that I had the opportunity to actually get paid to do what I love doing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it didn't happen, you know, overnight, like it, 
I mean, I was making 500 euros a month at, with, on my dream job. So, mm. uh, you know, it wasn't exactly paying all the bills, but it was something that I was really, really good at. And, you know, I, uh, I got results. Yeah. So one thing led to another. Other festivals started um, wanting to, you know, ask for my services. Obviously, I didn't know anything about business. I don't know how to price what I do, the value mm. that I'm bringing. Uh, yeah. so at that time, I think I was like 25 now, now eight years later, uh, my business has, you know, I don't know, a thousand times fold. Like I, I ch was charging 500 euros a month. Now my retainer starts at 5,000 euros a month. Sweet. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it took a long time to get there, but it's, uh, it's definitely changed and I learned I literally learned everything just on my own and yeah and social media is obviously a really new industry and mm -hmm. you know learning how to create Instagram communities and how all the social media technicality stuff works did everything like learned everything without a textbook because listen there's no textbook on right. it yet yeah there must be a, a huge amount of innovation and creativity that you're bringing to the, to the job in and of itself, right? You, you kind of have that flexibility, I imagine, of being able to just suggest something kind of out of the blue and see how it goes and experiment and see how that works, right? The first, you know, couple months of starting any new account, it's always experimentation. It's experimenting with as many different types of formats, different creatives as possible to see what actually resonates with the audience. Now, because I've been doing this for many, many years, I can tell you right off the bat what's going to work and what's not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the, in the beginning or, if, you know, you're starting uh, this at home by yourself, you need to create as much as much as possible and test to see what actually resonates and what mm -hmm. doesn't. And that's how you learn, you yeah. know, trial and error. That's literally how I learned. Yeah, of course. So I, I imagine over the last eight years or so, the the industry must have, it's probably shifted quite a lot. Do you, do you get the sense that, that, that the companies that you're working with and companies in general have uh, more of a kind of savviness around social media? Or do you think it's still a case of them kind of being in the dark about this kind of stuff? It's half and half, I would yeah. say. They know that they need to have it, but they even some of the you know biggest startups i work with are you know fairly large corporate companies there's no mm. process yet there it's it's a new very very new uh department mm. and that's where i come into play because i help these companies get in you know get all their ducks in a row so if they need to build a team i'm able to you know source out the people and train the people if they need to you know figure out what their social media strategy and and who they need to hire that's something I do as well so it just really depends um what what is great is a lot of these younger companies by millennials and digital vertical brands they're on top of it yeah. so it just depends what industry you're coming from I think mm -hmm. but what what's really uh, noticeable now is that it's uh, social media is you know a very very high priority yeah so so for those companies and those people and those organizations who might be feeling a little bit cold towards social media and not quite see the purpose behind it and not quite see the reason and why you didn't have to bother and like where the ROI is and all that kind of stuff and I know you've probably been asked this quite a few times but I'd be keen to hear your take on how you might uh, present the the very fundamentals of why someone would need um a social media presence yeah mm -hmm. well social media and branding is really the you know the long the long game right you're not mm -hmm. going to reap all of the benefits and results uh overnight or in the short term that's not how it works mm -hmm. um the way to really succeed is having a strategic plan for your brand and your communication online uh, for, for many years to come. Okay. Why, why is this so important? Well, I don't know about you, but the minute that I hear about a new product or a new website or a new company or 
any company or any brand for that matter, I go literally check out if they have an Instagram account. Mm. If they are not on Instagram or if they're not on Facebook, it's totally irrelevant to me. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be able to get the information where I want to be getting the information. Um, yeah. And that, you know, that's for a restaurant, if that's for, you know, any sort of consulting business. Um, it's, it's a necessary, it's just a necessary part of your public image. Mm-hmm. So if you're a business, uh, B2C or B2B and you have a website, uh, most likely you will also, you know, have a social media account somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the ROI regarding your question about, you know, the return on investment, it really depends on at the end of the day, what you're measuring as ROI, because right. You know, what is the value of a brand? Like, Apple or like Nike, you know, it's like the same question of, oh, uh, how much is, is a logo actually worth? Mm. Right. The, the logo, the Nike logo was worth, you know, nothing when they first started, but now it's a, you know, multi-billion dollar brand and that brand is worth a lot of money. So what do you think it is about, I mean, what, what's, what's happened to, increase the value in that uh in the logo is it is it is there something that you can kind of quantify that's behind the increase in in value tricky question it's everything that that the brand is doing so it's it's not just the people that are working in branding it's also the people that are marketing uh the brand as well um and and it's taken you know, many years of built, such as social media, your brand takes, the best thing you can do on social media is branding. Okay. Yeah. That's like the first and foremost purpose of what you can use social media for. Is for what does that look like? Is that just, is that just showing your face as a, as a freelancer, for example, or showing your team as a company? How, how might that work? Sure. It depends on how you want the public to perceive uh, your company or your brand. So Mm. that might be, you know, in a very authentic way, sharing what it might be to work at your company, what your company's values are, um, what the company sees as, you know, really important, uh, way of work. Yeah. Uh, It really depends on, on, it really depends on what the, the brand direction of is for the brand, right? Yeah. So I can't really answer that question, but it is important to showcase that, especially if you're trying to recruit uh, people to work at your company. A, a lot of millennials, they look at the company's Instagram account to see if this is you know, a place that they would wanna work at. Right, so I can see, I can see social media branding being particularly useful for companies uh, who have a demographic that includes you know, the younger guys, the guys who are a little bit more savvy with social media because they're gonna automatically jump to Instagram and. and you know, Snapchat and stuff to see content around that company. So I can see that. But um, what about if you had a kind of a more old school company who, who um, had, I guess, a more minimalist ideal in terms of like how they presented themselves and they were just like, okay, we're just going to have a website and it's going to be nice and simple. Why do we need social media? It depends if you want to be part of the conversation or not. So the social hmm. media networking, it's, it's what's happening now. It's, it's having your share of voice in important conversations and topics. So if you want to be like the leader in, um, I don't know, let's use an example, like somebody in, um, uh, literally sent me a LinkedIn message about how they should, you know, market their lumber company. Okay. okay. They're selling wood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I think this is the type of company you're talking about. Something that's, you know, not like a digital company, but a yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. company and, you know, why, how they can, um, you know, make lumber relevant and why is it relevant for this company to be present on LinkedIn? It is super mm-hmm. important because you as a business need to be at the top of mind of anybody when they think about lumber or wood or, you know, buying wood for their home or or commercial building people need to think of your brand and your name first right Mm. so 
uh, having to be at someone's top of mind is a priceless position to right. be because if anybody decides that you know they need this type of business, they know your name, mm. and that's what that's what's literally happened. Um, you know, to even my my personal business is whenever somebody in my network is like, oh, they need social media, you know, they're like, okay, call Dot, you know. So I'm most of my business has only come through referrals, not yeah. only, but a big part of it um you know because i'm constantly posting on social media i'm talking about what i'm working on so i'm at the top of people's minds so i can, I can really start seeing the power now of social media and, I, and I, i've got this but i want to just make this extra clear for anyone listening who's uh, not so sure about social media i think the the real value the real power in in having an identity and content across many platforms is just the ability to, to be seen by more people, right? It's to have kind of, it's to put out those feelers and those tentacles to be able to um, get front of mind, as you say, amongst more people, rather than just relying on someone to come to you and maybe stumble across your website um, kind of by accident type thing. It's much more deliberate in getting your, your stuff out into the world, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very traditional. Okay, it's called word of mouth marketing. And yeah. this is how in the past and in modern times, it's just switched. It just, you know, updated on a platform called social media. And that's uh -huh. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. But it existed, you know, in the, before the internet was around. And that was, you know, plain old word of mouth. It's yeah. just now even easier to get, you know, people talking about you. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's like word of mouth with a, with a little twist kind of exactly. incorporating exactly. more content, more stuff, you know, visual stuff for the eyes, stuff for the ears. Yeah, instead of talking, instead of talking on the telephone, it's like talking, you know, via WhatsApp. It's yeah. the same, it's, it's exactly the same, um, the same thing. Mm. But that, that's a key thing, I think, to distinguish is the idea that social media lends itself and, and kind of stimulates word of mouth, which is, um, totally an old school way of, of doing stuff. I mean, things haven't really changed at all in that respect in that um, one of the most powerful ways to continue getting business in whatever industry you're in is to have people talking about you and reaching out to you and recommending you and referring you, right? But, and so, so social media has that power of stirring that kind of conversation up. Absolutely. And traditionally, the reason why social media was even invented was to have basic one-to-one -one communication. This is why um, Twitter was invented. This was why Facebook was invented. Um, you yeah, know, well, think of Facebook. Kind of, yeah, think of how you know it was just a way of getting students to be able to communicate with one another, right? Exactly. And we overthink things. We just have to get down to the basics. What it is? What is it that you're trying to communicate? And how will you uh, distribute this? what you're trying to communicate. Will it be yeah. on social media? Will it be, you know, uh, through a newsletter, printed newsletter? It, you know, there, it's just another channel yeah. for um, communication. Right. And I think one of the things that is worth bearing in mind when thinking about social media is, is that it's really, it's, it's about creativity, isn't it? It's like if, if you don't have a willingness to kind of relax into it and have fun and, and to create, and to, and to be creative and innovative, then you're probably gonna have a hard time with social media, right? I get the sense, right? I think it's, it's, it's very much about um, a kind of open playing field for people who wanna have fun and try new things. Otherwise, if, if you're not willing to do that kind of stuff, then you might find, I can, I can totally see why you'd have, have, a, have difficulty with social media, it just, just feels like work. So I, I, as I see social media, it re really helps me to think of it in terms of a kind of playground where I can have fun. Absolutely. I think you bring up a really good point that you really do need to uh, enable yourself, allow yourself to play and enjoy the creation process yeah. when you're creating social media content. Um, this is why now more than ever, artists and creatives and digital uh, creators are know becoming such massive influencers on these platforms because they are literally creating something new every day so if you're a creative um this is your this is literally a digital renaissance for you to create and share 
your vision and your creativity with the world through these platforms. So that's one thing that's really elevated that's mm. that you couldn't do back on, on a telephone, right? right. Uh, now we you know use video and we can use do use um, GIFs and cinemagraphs and um, stop motion. There's so much uh, digital creativity that is happening. And if you are able, if you're like just a little bit creative um, and you can do this consistently, that's an amazing social media strategy for you. Um, yeah, it's a nice way of thinking about it rather than getting too hung up on, on likes and follows and that kind of stuff, which is a, a, obviously a nice additional bonus that, that comes off the back of focusing on the creative aspect, I'd say. I mean, if you are not enjoying the social media process and the process of creating for it, it's definitely going to feel like work. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the people that are successful on social media, they are actually enjoying creating the content and uh, practicing servitude, you know, mm -hmm. creating this content for their audience. This is something that is really, really important. If you're not enjoying the process, like it, you're not going to create good content. It's not going to be, um, you know, you're not going to come across to your audience as enjoying right. it. It's people will know that it was forced or it wasn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't natural. Well, this is the thing you talk about the, um, the willingness to, to create and have fun, right. And cut, you're kind of doing it for yourself in that you're, you're enjoying the process of it, but at the same time, you're in that servitude of thinking about giving to, to the audience that you have in mind. How do, how do you find that sweet spot? Is there a kind of like an overlap, right? So it, at the end of the day, it depends on your personality, I guess. Um, yeah. If you are going to be, you know, creating this social media account to purposely serve, is it for your selfish purposes so that you have an outlet to, uh, you know, post your own drawings or your own designs? Or are you using this, um, you know, these platforms to actually really help other people and serve uh, your target market or your audience. Right. So I think those are two different things and it comes down to what your purpose is mm. to figure out, you know, why it is you do what you do and, and why are you doing it? Because mm. if you, if it's, if you don't know why you're doing it, it's going to be very difficult, um, you know, to, have a purpose and 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 the drive be posting it, yeah. every day right yeah. so i don't know alex do you know what your why is or your purpose well why are you creating this podcast yeah well I, I find myself being drawn to creating a lot i find that um i get i get a lot of joy um out of being able to create something that that brings me fulfillment right so there is there is that kind of I suppose it's a kind of selfishness, but it's just me being in flow with the creative work and I enjoy doing that. And I, but I also, when I create, I have my audience in mind at the same time. So I'm kind of holding up those two uh, plates at the same time. So while I create, I create for me, but I'm also creating for me because I know that other people are going to benefit from that or enjoy it in the same way that I enjoyed creating it. And I always find that when I create something where I didn't have the spark and I was kind of bored while doing it and I didn't really feel it, then that's, that's the kind of content that usually flops because the, the audience just don't find that same spark. So, so that's, that's what I would say is like, is, is, is um, first and foremost, create stuff that um, creates the spark in you, right? Cause that, that'll have the most profound, I think, effect on, on your audience. Absolutely. <clears throat> and no doubt this is, this is kind of how you, create the stuff that you create, right? I'm sure, I'm sure you've had better engagement and um, sure. yeah. more interest in following with the stuff that you've enjoyed creating, right? Sure, exactly. Uh, but at the end of the day, like your question was, which I totally get because sometimes you're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to post this because I want to post it. Or are you posting it, you know, because you know it's going to get higher engagement um, mm. or you're posting it just for, uh, your fans. Yeah. So I think it's a, I think, you know, you have to think about, you know, what percentage of your strategy you're dedicating to, 
uh, you know, stuff that makes you feel good and that you want to create and, and you want to put out there. And then uh, part of it is to, a part, a part of your strategy is also to serve the people and yeah. uh, give them what they ask for. And hopefully yeah. the ones that, you know, the ideally those are one and the same, right? Your, yeah, your I, think that's, I think that's the key thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's kind of having... Uh, a piece of content in mind that you're going to create for an audience, but then within the confines of creating for those people, you create something that's a lot of fun for you as well. Does that exactly. make sense? Yeah, totally. So I, I guess that's where the, the kind of overlap is. It's like you, you are creating ultimately for the people following you, but it doesn't mean you don't have to be expressive and have fun with the actual creation. Yeah. Yeah. For example, like uh, everyone ask me like, Oh, how come you don't do more video? Like, you know, you, you don't, you don't do so much video content. Mm. Well, first of all, I don't, I don't enjoy being on video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like one of my most favorite things. I know I had to do more of it, but that's not something I enjoy. I'm much better at, you know, sharing carousel posts or, you know, doing, uh, writing out content. So this is how you can figure out what percentage of your content will actually be, uh, you know, video versus audio versus, um, you know, mini blog posts. You should actually just do the stuff that you enjoy doing and that's, that comes easy to you. Mm. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not planning on becoming, you know, a crazy video content creator anytime soon because, you know, actually editing video is really hard. Um, right. But I think that's why with now Instagram Live, which I noticed that you're getting into with the IGTV thing, is you can just let the video roll and you don't have to think about editing it because it's like yeah. a live recording. I think it was because I always was a little bit um, resistant to having my face on video, but it was only until I was able to kind of create more relaxed. Uh, I think I think IGTV was the was the platform that introduced me to just sort of just going for it and, and putting myself on video, even though I didn't really feel like, feel up for it, at least initially. I think it was because it was kind of in a more informal, relaxed environment. And didn't, I didn't, because I, I had in my mind all those kind of corporate videos um, that I wasn't too interested in making that uh, put me off for a bit. But then I, I got into it and I think, I think it's worth experimenting because I think it's easy to um, give a kind of assessment about yourself too soon in terms of what you could explore and be good at potentially that might surprise mm -hmm. you. Um, and I'm, I'm getting better at it. I, I'm not, I'm certainly by no means, um, you know, in my perfect environment when it comes to videos, but I, I'm, I'm learning a lot. And I, I see the video stuff as, as a, a means to, to grow and expand a little bit, even if it's not always that fun. So, so I would say there's probably like a, a kind of gray area where you can experiment a bit as well. Well, totally. We're all learning together. I mean, all IGTV was literally just released, you know, last summer or two summers yeah. ago. So we're all learning how it works together. And I think it, what's so interesting is many creatives, I think it's not just you and I, a lot of creatives are shyer or, you know, we're already, hmm. you know, a, a, a shy group of people. So yeah. putting anything out there like of our face, you know, this is why we are in arts and we do creativity. So we don't have to put our face out there. Right. Um, but I, but I know for my business is that it's so important to, especially for what I do in social media and having a personal brand is to put my face out there. And I, I knew I had to do this from, I mean, you can take a look at my Instagram account. Like I never really posted any photos of me. And then I had to like, literally force myself to start posting selfies of me. Right. But that's Basically, really interesting because I, because I'm thinking about mine, sorry to butt in, but I, I'm thinking about mine and I, I, I never show any selfies. Like I have a complete re resistance to selfies, but I do put myself on video. So it, it very much depends on, on, on you. Yeah, totally. And it, and here it's because showing your face on social media, showing your face on Facebook is one of the most highly engaging type of posts okay this is just shown by data like any post that has a human face versus you know an animation or anything mm. else will give you more engagement right yeah. um, and what it does it's building trust much much more trust with you uh, and your audience over time 
um, you're, you know, building that credibility that you're, you know, a real human being and, you know, this is what you look like. You're putting it basically all out there. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's so daunting um, for us to, to do it. Um, but it mm. is so important uh, for business, uh, especially if you're in the personal branding space. Of course, there's like, you know, super famous artists, like, I don't know, Seb Lester, who has never posted any photos of him, you know, his work speaks oh, yeah. for him. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess it also really, it depends on the context, right? As, as Gary Vee talks about a lot, it's, it's about what platform it is that you're posting stuff on and what people come to expect when you're on that platform. So for me, I'm obviously making all kinds of mistakes by only, only sharing illustrations and text on Instagram, for example, because I know that people come to Instagram, they're in a con, it's like they're stepping into an entirely new world, right? And, and everything about the social dynamics shifts and people expect people to be um, sharing kind of trendy, cool, hip pictures of the, of the account holder. But even, I, mean, I know that, but I still hold back. I think it, it really depends. Um, what people follow. There's so many different types of accounts out there. So I don't think it's right or wrong. I think, you know, you're using the mediums, the medium and, and, and the creativity on how to express what you want to express at that moment. Um, so it could be, you know, text over video or text over image. I mean, there's so much, uh, mediocre and crappy content out there, not yours or mine, but, um, you know, in general, yeah. in general, yeah. the level of content creation is so like mediocre to crap. Mm. Okay. I don't know if you agree with, with me or not, but there's only like 1% of the population that is creating amazing, amazing content. And that's why good content always, always will float to the top. Okay. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think, I think a lot of people probably get the impression that, um, there's a ton of amazing talent on social media because we tend to follow obviously the people that we like. Right. So we're always kind of being barraged by amazing stuff continually. (laughs) Right. So we kind of, I I think it's quite easy to fall into that, that trap of thinking, gosh, I kind of suck here because everyone else seems to be so amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but it's really, they're amazing, but they're also consistent. So with social media, it's all about consistency and, you know, repetition almost, right? Right. So if you want to have like that six pack or, you know, that bikini body for summertime, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to do sit-ups every day, right? Mm. And the sit-ups every day, they're going to help you, you know, get more into shape. They're going to, you know, start getting you fit so that you can be ready for summertime. It's the same exact thing as social media, uh, believe it or not, that the more you do post, the more you're in creative mode, the easier it becomes and the better your content's going to get. Because, you know, your first piece of artwork, your first photograph, your first post is going to be crap, right? Yeah. Um, It's going, but guess what? If you do it every day, it's going to improve immensely over time. Mm. So, um, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. Um, consistency is, is definitely underrated. I think, um, so is quantity. I think obviously pe- people tend to focus on the quality stuff, which is, which is obviously important, but I think quality is, um, it's now, it's kind of a given, isn't it? You kind of, you can't not be uh, putting out very high quality stuff. It's really, it's really about the ability to show up uh, consistently, isn't it? I totally agree. Yeah. The quality is, I, you know, I have to always support quality over quantity um, because it's not necessarily about the frequency and how often you're posting, but it's also, it's really about uh, the consistently having good quality. That's so no pressure then, right? (laughs) (laughs) can see that being like quite a frightening prospect for many and this is probably why so many people hold back you know entirely is because they see needing to put out a lot of amazing stuff you know they've got their their businesses to run but on, on top of it they've got to do all this 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 work how, how have you managed to um i guess persuade people who are worried about that kind of stuff about putting out plenty of content 
and, and, and also maintaining it yourself. Do you, do you ever come across challenges with regards to just like the sheer amount of stuff that we're kind of expected in quotes to create? So yeah, there is a lot of content that needs to be created to have a social media strategy, but good news is a lot of people don't realize that they already have tons and tons of content that that's already uh, ready to be posted. It just may, might need to be reformatted, mm. especially, um, you know, for people like you and I or other creatives or other agencies, like the contents, the contents there, it's just a matter of formatting it and making it uh, engaging and relevant. Right. Right. Uh, for example, if you are a video production company or if you're a motion graphic design company, you've been doing motion graphic design for, let's say, five years. You have plenty of B-roll content and stuff that might not have gotten used, um, mm. behind the scenes, uh, work in progresses. That stuff is all valid to share on social media. But you don't just share it. You have to tell a story behind it, right? You can't just post to post content you must always have a reason why you're posting it. And if you can share, you know, a little story uh, about the piece of artwork or about the design, even better. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've kind of not been the ideal <laughs> representative of, of creating a story for everything that I've shared. I've, I've gotten into the habit sometimes of uh, sharing content just for the sake of it. And, um, I can totally see the value in not only the quality now, it's also, it's also about kind of attaching that story and context to it. And this, and it's, it's so valid a thing to do because, you know, why, why, um, put something out there that, that, that isn't going to have the, 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 the kind of most potential of what it can, what kind of impact it can create. And, and a story will, um, create that, right. A story is one of the best ways to from what I've seen, whenever I've remembered to, to incorporate story in to what I'm sharing, I've seen the best uh, response. Absolutely. That's yeah. one of the, I mean, that's one of the secrets to creating an, an engaging post is to make people feel an emotion, right? Because emotional content is 200% more engaging. Mm. So how do you create emotional content? You've got to use storytelling. That is one of the oldest forms of communication that we've had since caveman ages, right? right. Is storytelling. Yeah, it's what, so, it's what makes us human, isn't it? I think the, the whole storytelling thing, if, I don't know if you've read any of Lisa, I think her name's Lisa Crone, who wrote about the- um, No, kind of but the I guess it sounds interesting. Yeah, and I'll need to double check on the name, but she wrote a lot of interesting stuff about how Basically, the, the, the thing that separates us from animals is the fact that we can hold images in our minds and, and um, tell people about things that have happened in a kind of linear way. Um, and, and as you say, storytelling is the thing, isn't it? It's the thing that binds us as, as people. It is what creates people to come together and share and and relate and have empathy right mm. for each other through storytelling and that is those are the type of posts that you see the most people having conversations about the most people liking sharing and commenting is when a post is giving you that emotional um you know that emotional feeling through storytelling yeah so if you are an amazing storyteller then you are going to be amazing at social media uh, because that's mm. all what social media posts are each post is the story of something right so it's up mm. to you on how good you can tell that story yeah i love that can you can you give us an example of um an example <laughs> an example of an example when you used a story say in 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 a in your own social media or something for a, for a client when when it went really well worked let me or, or just or just a kind of yeah. theoretical example yeah yeah so let's use the example of what's hap going on now in australia with the you know the fires yeah the first fires um we're actually um you know 
trying to come up uh, with a way that we can, you know, help um, the disaster relief in mm-hmm. Australia. And the way that we're coming up uh, with the content is not necessarily like telling, you know, making an announcement and um, sharing the same facts uh, that, you know, 12 million acres of um, homes have burnt or t- uh, acres of land have burned. Right, because you're, you're just repeating the news. So, yeah. yeah, so that is what's happened. But, you know, what's more interesting is if you share a real life story of, of you know, something that has actually happened to, um, you know, somebody that was very affected by the fires, which I don't have a story yet, but um, <laughs> to to give you an example of how you would think about uh, creating. I guess, well, I guess one, one of the images that comes to mind is, is um, for example, a koala bear needing water, right? Who's kind of crawled out of the forest and um, he was thirsty and was looking yeah. for help. And this family stumbled across this koala and gave him water and um, the koala lived happily ever after type thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the imagery, some of the imagery of the koalas, um, you know, being burnt and being trapped in the, in the forest have been horrific. So, yeah. uh, you know, every, each of, each of those uh, animals have had a story or each of the people involved uh, has a, had a story um, yeah. in, in what's going on. So it's up to, um, us to, you know, as storytellers to, you know, give a voice and share that story um, on social media or on whatever platform it is. Um, yeah, and I think more than anything, it's about being able to serve, right? Always having that idea in, in mind of service to whoever's reading that story in such a so that, so that when you when it comes down to writing the story, you're thinking about how can this story actually benefit the reader rather than it just simply being a statement of a list of facts. It has to mm-hmm. contribute to something, right? To some kind of an emotional shift, but I think even beyond that, right? It's about kind of sharing insights around how, what's actually going on at the heart of the fires um, in a way that is emotional, obviously, in a way that is uh, revealing a story, but you're kind of serving someone because you're revealing new information in the package of a story, I guess. Exactly, which will be much more relatable, um, you know, for someone that's across the world that's not in Australia. So right. uh, relatability, creating content that's relatable is really important. That creates that human to human connection. Or human to koala connection. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> nice. Um, so storytelling, yeah, that's something that's so often overlooked and, and I can see the, the power in that. Um, might be worth um, doing kind of like a side study or just doing a little bit of um, uh, just learning, learning how stories work and how stories um, lend themselves to engagement and, um, and also serving the audience that you have easy, easy to overlook, but powerful stuff. So So, there's a great, there's a great book um, for your listeners called uh, the story brand. It's by Donald Miller. It's a New York Times bestseller. And it's a, it's a really great resource on how to actually uh, create a story for your business or brand. Fantastic. Yeah, I think I might have to read that. Story Brand by Mr. Miller. Is it Miller? You're still there, right? <laughs> Didn't lose you, Doc. Yeah, sorry, the connection kind of... Oh, right. Um, the connection kind of cut out. But it's called... Um, it's called a story brand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Building a story brand by Donald Miller. Donald Miller. And yeah. it's a book about storytelling and, and how to actually create a story for your brand. Right. I think, I think social media gives us a nice excuse to become, um, you know, knowledgeable about storytelling and kind of get, get back to that ancient art that we, uh, that brings humans together. I think it's an, in- I think it's a nice and positive uh, side to social media. Social media can get a little bit dodgy in, in parts. And we can obviously talk about that another time, but um, I, I love seeing how social media can kind of really stir up one's creativity and ability to connect. And as long as we focus on 
um, the good it can can do for our, ourselves and our businesses. I can see, um, yeah, totally see the power in it. So as we close, because we, we're coming to a close fairly soon. Sorry, what were you going to say? I said I totally agree, and that's why I I'm in this business because uh, social media is you know a way for us to spread positivity and connect humans and and you know get people together in a positive way uh, for you know right. good causes and and yeah so yeah. so that's why that's why I love doing what I do. I can see I can see why, and it's been really useful to. Um to get hold of all these new insights around um, how, how effective social media can be, not only in uh, connecting other people to us, but also kind of um, improving and, and enlivening our own experience, right? Because it's, for one thing, for me, the thing I've loved about social media and, and kind of having social media just around, right, and all the different platforms that I can contribute to, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's giving me an opportunity to, to grow myself as a person and, and sort of explore my creativity and do a ton of things that I otherwise would never have done if social media wasn't around. So for example, writing hundreds of articles over the years that I would have never bothered with if, if I didn't have um, an outlet that I could create for and then have people benefit from the reading of that stuff. And it's obviously through the, the repetition and the quantity has led to improving my skills in that. So see, I would say to people who are a bit dubious about social media, first and foremost, right? see it as a, as a means to develop your own creativity, develop your own skills and, and grow. Absolutely. That's the only way you can get better is by practicing every day. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally agreed. Cool. Dot. So I really appreciate that. Um, tons of useful insights. I'm sure my listeners are going to love that. Where can we um, find out more about what you're up to and the projects you're working on and, and that kind of stuff? Well, since I basically live on social media, you can hit me up <laughs> on uh, Instagram at dot lung at D O T L U N G. Um, you can also check out my website. Uh, we won like five different awards uh, worldwide mm. on it. It's yeah, it's an awesome website. <laughs> so that's also at D O T L U N G and you can um, contact me from there. So thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. My pleasure. Thanks again.